listening to the Heavy Checklist Podcast. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Heavy Checklist Podcast. And guess what? We're on episode 15. How do you feel about that, Marcus? Episode 15. You know, people probably counted us from the very beginning, but uh, oh, we're absolutely. running strong, man. Dude, even I on our first episode was like, man, this is going to be hard. I don't know how many of these we're going to get done. We got some people that got our back too. You know what I mean? That's some, right. uh, some good listeners out there. Well, dude, that's the, I think that's the reason why we keep pushing these out because every time we have a delay or hold off on launching an episode, get like hundreds of messages from people being like, yo, you're yep. slipping. I had even one of my guys, my close buddies, Chet, uh, you know, used to work for me, text me today. He's like, hey, um, I've already listened to all your podcasts three times over. Can you do something new? I'm like, Dude, oh, all right. Lots of people saying, hey, man, I started the podcast over. So right. and maybe we should double it up to a week. Man, and that's the thing. You know, Diesel Dave and I were talking the other day about doing some long podcasts and also some shorter versions. But I'm like, dude, with a short podcast, you got to get right to the point. And we sometimes have a hard time getting right to the point. And there's a reason for that. It's because... As we discuss and you know conversate here, the conversation evolves. What we end talking about is rarely what we started talking about, and that's Going why I love layers this. of the onion. Yeah, peel back those layers exactly. Yeah. So obviously, guys, if you're listening to this, you probably know who we are. But my name is uh, Dave Sparks, aka Heavy D. I am a star of Discovery Channel's Diesel Brothers show. Star. There we go. He's a star. I'm a I'm a reality TV star. I said that one day. It, like as a joke a couple of years ago and it's it has haunted me ever since so now i just own it um i also am a social media personality i'm a businessman i'm a family man uh i'm a lover of all things motorized and uh i am somebody who's constantly trying to make myself better so that's who i am uh to my right i have one of my childhood best friends that's uh, Marcus. Ah, Yo, that, can man. I check in real quick? Absolutely. Yeah, I've set some goals. We've started the podcast, and uh, I've lost 14 pounds. Have you nice. really? Yeah. And also, before we get going, Glenn Loveland, you gave him a Loveless. shout out. Love, Lovelace. Love, Lovelace. Yes, my bad. Uh, you gave him a shout out yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I, I put up a little uh, thing on my uh, Instagram story Yeah. saying, man, I'm like six pounds short. I'm, I'm patting myself on the back. I'm like, Yo. Six pounds. I don't know that I'm going to make it, but it's all good. Dude, he just sent me a 10-day workout program. Is right. like, dude, you're going to finish and you're going to lose your six pounds before your goal. He sent me that nice. meal prep stuff and my meals without me asking anything. I just said, is yep. there a good service? And he's like, hey, I prep my own meals. Uh, I'm going to do yours. I'm like, no, dude. I was actually a little yeah. nervous at first. I'm like, I don't know him that well. I met him at the right. academy. He's been a big, you know, big supporter of the podcast. So Glenn, big shout out there. I was just like, all right, well, you know, this guy's going to take his time to prep for me, I might as well give it a shot. I got home from my trip yesterday, the day before. Diesel Dave and I were gone for like seven days. Got home, and dude, this guy had made me some of the most legit meals. He asked me, he's like, hey, what, do you, what things do you like? And I'm like, well, here's the things I don't like. I don't, I mean, I'll eat fish, but I don't love meal prep fish. It's totally different. Right. Um, dude, he just prepped me like the most legit meals and didn't ask any for anything. He just said, here he's you go. He's meeting me in the morning to give me a uh, bicycle to ride for my cardio. That's wow. freaking awesome. I think Glenn's yeah. probably going to be on an episode. In fact, he proposed to me this, this awesome pitch proposed deck that basically you. said, hey, he proposed to me. Cool. He gave me this whole big proposal of saying, hey, I feel like you should add health and wellness and nutrition to the Heavy Academy. And I'm like, dude, that's a great idea. Yeah. So next Heavy Academy will include probably a segment presented by Glenn um, you know, about health and nutrition. Did you know that he's he, he was actually uh, the biggest transformation winner K of bodybuilding.com uh, website? Yep. So anyways, total side note there. Um, so that's DJ Marcus Wing, and he is uh, the reason why I love 
him contributing here is because, like I said before, he's probably most like most of our listeners. He is always on the run. He's the dude that has to eat fast food. He's on the road. He's just, he works. He's a family man and he does his thing. And, and I feel like the things that we're teaching here, Marcus would normally be the most skeptical. 100%. And he's bit like, the text me the other day said, hey, I've been listening to classical music. It's taken me like, I don't enjoy it right now, but maybe I'll get used to it. And you're starting to like, I don't, stuff. I don't want to fully admit to liking it, but I, let's just say I've listened to it every morning for like the past two weeks. I love that, dude. That's, so, that's and awesome. And part of it that now feels too. Right? And we're going to talk about that in a minute. It warms it my good. heart. We're going to talk about yeah. what the, what maybe differences you've noticed. Um, yeah. But obviously on the microphone, you're hearing another voice, and that is... What's up, America? That's right. My, my best friend and my business partner, Diesel Dave. Just also a regular uh, guy. Just a regular guy. My road trip companion. Uh, we have been on the road a lot together this year already. Uh, we just got back from a trip where we were in Florida, St. Louis, California, Oregon. Shared a lot of memories, a lot of good jokes. A lot of hotel rooms, a lot of gas station snacks. A lot of gas. A lot of gas, lots of gas in general. Uh, actually, yeah, I'm not even going to get into that. Um, and then we have a very special guest tonight. I love it when we get uh, to bring people onto the show because, you know, I don't have any sort of like format that I follow when I bring a guest on the show. What you're hearing is just basically a real conversation between dudes that respect each other a lot. And, and if somebody is on this show, it means I've got a massive amount of respect for them and they're here for a reason because I feel like they can add value to their, to your life. So without any further fluffing, I bring to you, Mr. Tanner Godfrey. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Tanner Godfrey. Guys, um, if you heard the Greg Godfrey podcast, which was one of our earlier episodes, um, Tanner is Greg's nephew. Uh, Tanner is a longtime friend of ours. In fact, I've known Tanner longer than I've known Greg personally. Um, and Tanner is a great dude. He's a hardworking dude, and he also happens to be a paraplegic. You were, it's always been paraplegic, right? Yeah, I was, yep. Paraplegic. You always had your arms after the accident. Yeah, because I was behind the sternum, so, so I didn't break my neck. Tanner, how old are you? 30? Yep, 30. Just had a birthday. Just, Just had, had a birthday. birthday. How long ago was your accident? It was in 07, so 12 years 11 ago. Years. And some 11, 12. So uh, 11, 12 years ago, Tanner, uh, just in true Godfrey fashion, was riding dirt bikes. Um, it's kind of in the Godfrey blood, like you don't have a choice, right? <laughs> you just yep. kind of, you just, you're just kind of naturally wild man riding a dirt bike down in Mesquite. Yep. And uh, came up short or something? No, it was a dumb crash. I was just going up a hill fast and hit a hole with the front tire and then one with the back tire and it kind of shot the bike out. And then I went over the bars, landed on my head and um, it burst, fractured my T6 vertebrae and then dislocated T7 and broke eight ribs. And you were perfectly healthy before that. Oh, yeah, I was in the best shape of my way. Yeah, I was in great shape. <laughs> How You would have been, what, 18? Yeah, 18. I just graduated that year, and I wrestled, played football, lifted. And Jeez. I mean, I was kicking ass. I was feeling good. You yeah. still have the body of a god, but back then, man. <laughs> so that's the thing. I want listeners to realize, you know, it sounds like we're talking to somebody who's in a wheelchair here, but we're not. Tanner is somebody, and the reason why he's here is to talk about how he just said, nah, I'm good. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be the paraplegic that never walks again. And he's determined that he is going to walk and he does walk. He, he, he scoots around on his canes and, uh, you've done it without canes. I can walk without canes, but it's not very far and it's not very fast. And I usually fall. So, but you don't have any feeling in your legs. So I've got feeling, I can feel touch and everything. Temperature's a little iffy. What I like to say is it's like having a leather glove on and you're going to feel the extremes of the heat or the cold, but when it feels good, you're just comfortable. Right. So, so um, 
the reason why Tanner, well, the stuff that Tanner is going to talk about, I think is going to, it's going to apply to everyone's lives in different ways. But basically his story is one of like resilience and just like bullheaded stubbornness. Like, no, I refuse to accept what I've been given and I'm going to make my own, you know, I'm going to make what I want out of this rather than just have life tell me that I'm stuck in a certain spot. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, Tanner's also the biggest smart ass you'll ever meet in your entire life. So <laughs> prepare, for, prepare for that. Uh, that's what probably why we get along so well. Um, but Tanner, what? Uh, yeah, I was, I was talking about people, how Tanner looks. He looks like he's built like the rest of us. Like he's got bigger than me, big arms, big chest. He looks yeah. like a fit dude. He does not look like somebody who, um, you know, would be paralyzed. And the reason for that is because you're very active, right? Yeah, I go to the gym every morning just to stay in shape. Plus, like the gym, people don't understand that the gym does more for you mentally once you start going along and get it, make it a routine. Mentally, you start craving it more than you do physically because it's the rush of endorphins and the dopamine and serotonin yeah. we were talking about before. I love that stuff. Yeah, that's what you get, man. Yeah. It feels good. Yeah, I mean, it really is a chemical reaction. Oh, yeah. And your body starts to crave it and get used to it. And that's why working out, like you said, there's, dude, I dare say that the mental benefits from working out outweigh the physical benefits. Oh, they're far greater, especially when you work out in the morning. Cause I used to do it in the evenings and then I started, well, I've always, since I've been injured, I've done either therapy or gone to the gym in the mornings. And then I would do, if I was going to therapy in the mornings, I'd go to the gym at night and then maybe hit the gym after. So I was, I'm very active. Still. Which one works better for you? Night or morning? Morning. Cause by the time it comes to go at night, I'm you're, I'm lazy. I feel well, the same way. Yeah, same way. I'm the same way. I, I have more time to go at night and I've been going at, at night, but dude, you just don't get this. Like no. you do not give more than 50%. When you, it just, it's a great start to your day because right. you get up, do something hard, sweat, and you you feel good. I mean, it. you're almost more awake just from going to the gym, even if you wake up earlier than you would if you slept in and woke up and then... Because your blood's been pumping. I mean, you're thinking clearly. And, and it's like you said, once you've done something hard that early in the morning, it's going to be easier to do more hard things during right. the day. Do you yeah. know my buddy Justin? Uh, DJ is with yeah. me. Justin Tall guy. Kind of looks about my size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He started this thing, and I don't know, he listened to somebody on a podcast, and uh, he started this thing called Win the Morning. And so every morning, he sets his like goals, what he's going to do for the day. And he feels like that he, when he gets up in the morning and does his thing, you know what I mean? Hit rest of his day goes better. Yep. And so he's been tagging everybody, all of our friends in this win the morning post. So you know me, man, I don't get up early. Right. I mean, I, if the only time I'm up early is if I don't go to sleep, you know, <laughs> but for the past two weeks, I've been getting up at six 30 in the morning. Oh, going to the gym. oh, oh dude. For those yeah. of you who don't know, Marcus, that is an accomplishment because typically you're like an 11, I'm a 12, 10, 10 30 AM. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, th- but that's not because you're lazy. It's just because you're, I'm usually out till two, three right. in the morning, weekend schedule screws me up and then you know, I can't sleep and your career yeah. has forced you to be a, a kind of a night owl. Right. But uh, I'm trying to win that morning, dude. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Man. And that's another thing about diesel Dave. Uh, you know, obviously he, he doesn't talk as much as I do on this podcast, but the dude lives what we preach better than anybody at this table. The, he, he has been on this health and fitness routine that has blown my mind. And it's probably because he got like close to 300 pounds a couple of years ago. It was just only 250. But on. 250 in a, in a five, nine, I'm five, a, 10 frame. I'm five, one. Five, <laughs> some days you look five, one. Uh, so Dave has been taking like his health and, uh, you know, fitness very seriously. What, uh, real quick for Dave, what has been the biggest thing that you've noticed as far as a benefit 
outside of just being jacked and tan. Well, I mean, jacked and tan is basically the whole goal, right? Yeah, that is the goal. But uh, I've noticed not just more energy when I'm when I go home and play with my daughters and things like that, but my brain seems to work better. Oh, like yeah. I can think of the things that I couldn't I couldn't find the answers before. My brain would work slower. I wouldn't know what to say. I'd stumble over my words when we were doing our filming out right. here. And I, mean, I still stumble over my words. That's not. Yeah, but you actually you do better now in like the interviews and stuff. Where it, honestly, I think there was time, there was a time where you were taking ten takes to do a line. Yep. And you usually nail it first try, if not second try. Now, so I hadn't even noticed that. I mean, I noticed it, but I didn't put two and two together. So that's actually impressive. Yeah. I uh, feel smarter. Well, do you think that has to do with your diet too? Oh, definitely. What do you, what, think, what is your diet? Explain to everybody. I've been doing a lot of the ketogenic diet, where you don't take in as many carbs. No carbs, no sugar, right? Yeah, no carbs, no sugars. Eat more fats, more protein. It's so funny. We'll go to a gas station on the road, and he stays like religious to this diet on the road. And I'll go in and I'll get a muffin and a donut and like pure carbs and and sugar. And I get all the stinky snacks. He goes in and gets all the stinky snacks, all the stuff like he's getting. Dude, it's all the gas station snacks that you typically would think like, I can't be good for you. It's like stay away from those meat sandwiches with no bread. And it's like the the Slim Jim and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh man, that's. What are you doing? But if you look at the ingredients, they don't have sugar and they don't have carbs. And so he's tricked his body into thinking that since he's not giving it sugar and carbs, it needs to burn that out of his fat. And so it's really, really unique. It's actually, I've never, I thought when I first saw him doing it, I hated it because, you know, my friend that we used to go eat good meals with now ate like a, just a, a different person. Um, Way to hold all those words inside. I did, man. That took a lot. I did not tell you how I really felt on that. Colorful words. Yeah. Yo, do you get gas running the keto diet? I don't. So like meat and cheese. Not as bad as when I if I come off of it. Like if I cheat, my body goes into a weird mode. Right. I get. I spend a lot of time in the bathroom, or I get gassy, like you said. Yeah, it's been crazy to see your body transform. Like, you're ripped. If you haven't seen any recent pictures of Dave, look at his Instagram or something. There should be some stuff on there. Dude is freaking ripped. Man, this guy's talking real sweet to me right now. Oh, dude, you, you deserve it. You you pay your dues. Like, And you do it quietly. Like, you're not out there talking about it. You're just doing it for yourself rather than for the world to see, which is I'm trying to figure out if this impressive. podcast is teaching the truth, you know? Well, you got to find out for yourself by... By practicing, and what are your he's been doing cold showers since day one. Truth. Oh yeah, cold showers, make the bed since the first episode. He's Read been doing a book cold showers. every morning, dude. We've been to places like Minneapolis, Minnesota, where it is balls cold, and he'll come. You know, we'll meet each other at the lobby of the hotel on our way to work that morning or whatever we're going. And he's like, "Man, how about that shower?" I'm like, "You did the cold shower here?" I'm like, "Bro, that yeah. was that was pure icicles coming out of there." Sometimes it is icicles. Oh, that's and brutal. You just turn on the rattling bog, and you let that 15 <laughs> minutes play by while you let the cold water soak you. <laughs> it is rough. Um, all right. Well, back to Tanner. You're not getting a headache. It's not cold enough. That's true. Brain freeze, right? <laughs> External brain freeze. Um, Tanner, what, uh, what would you say is your biggest strength and your biggest weakness when it comes to like physical things? Um, well, physical things, I guess just doing them, but the weakness is the same thing, just doing them. I mean, because you think about it, and you're men- mentally, you have to be strong just to go to the gym. I mean, you have to start somewhere, obviously, but getting going is going to be the hardest thing you can do. And so I struggle with just getting up in the morning sometimes because it's kind of like another day of legs stuck in cement, moving slow, just that kind of thing. Dude, but, is that what it feels like? Is your, your legs are stuck dude, in cement? 
it's yeah, it just pisses you off sometimes. <laughs> like you just they, work. Yeah, you they just work. so heavy. Like I was doing um I was laying down face down on the floor and then I was trying to curl my legs up so I'd get my hamstrings. So my left leg, I can curl it and I can get like five or six curls with my left leg, but my right leg, it struggles real bad. So I have to have help with it just getting up. And it it basically feels like you've got someone standing on it and you just can't move it. You're talking about a reverse curl. like Yeah. yeah. So your legs are curling, but just picking them up, imagine having 100-pound cement blocks around your feet (sighs) where it's just so heavy that you can only pick them up enough. And then my toes drag in, and so it's just a bunch of... Is it, is it ever, does it ever feel like, you know, when you fall asleep on your arm and your arm just gets so dead that you have to pick it up and move yeah. it with the other arm? There's, there's times where it was like that, especially at first because I was paralyzed from the chest down so I couldn't move or feel anything. And so at first you could hit my leg and I wouldn't be able to feel it. And so as it came back and slowly started working again, then it was, it, um, I'd get a little bit more feeling and it started by just twitching my left toe and, I kind of figured out how to start moving the other things. And I also had really bad spasms to where I'd be sitting there and all of a sudden my legs would just jump out and just start kind of shaking. And Jeez. and I couldn't do anything about it. I just kind of let them go. And they had me on medicine for them, but I figured that they were helping me keep my strength in my legs. So do they, do they Charlie? Hor- oh, wait, you're telling me that you think the spasms were actually benefiting you. Oh, I, I know they were because I... I never atrophied. Even in shorts, I never looked like somebody had been paralyzed because usually when you're paralyzed... No, you don't have chicken legs. No, my legs are bigger than yours, most. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got big legs. And so that, that was the bad thing. When I was in a wheelchair, usually you look like you'd be in a wheelchair, but I didn't because my legs were still pretty strong. I lost 20 pounds right off the bat because I didn't eat for a week because right. I was pumped full of medicine and everything just... Right when it happened. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. eat anything just because of that medicine taste. But then it slowly... Like I started working out and started rehab right after. But when I got out of the hospital, I got a pressure sore on my butt and I couldn't, I was bedridden for a month at least. That's what a pressure sore is basically like a bed sore, right? Yeah, a bed sore. So right on my butt cheek, it, I got a little cut. And so that's can be really dangerous because it can start to spread and open up. Because when you're paralyzed, you don't get the blood circulation, so it takes longer for wounds to heal on your lower extremities. Right, right. And so once that got healed up, then I started into therapy, and my spasms, I learned to use them to where I could stand up because they would go so stiff that I learned to stand with those. (laughs) So your legs would lock up, basically. The muscles would lock up, and you'd be like, shit, here's a good opportunity to stand on these stiff legs. Yeah, so I got to retrain through (laughs) what... What people say is bad about it is I used it for the good, and then they started me on this locomotion train or lo- yeah locomotion training, and basically two people sat on the sides of the treadmill facing me, and then one person sat behind me, and they would grab my hips and hold on, and I was har- in a harness, and they had this crane that would kind of support my weight, and so I was like they take off like 70% of my weight and then the people would step me and I'd be on a treadmill. It was kind of like assisted dips or something like that. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, and there's the first kind of thing they'd had of that. Yeah. So everything was kind of Jimmy rigged together, but it worked. And so through that, they kind of got my legs cycling to where they would start walking. And then once they started doing that, then I was able to walk on flat ground with a walker and then with like ski poles and, 
I wasn't able to completely control it, but they would just cycle. Like How that. far after your wreck was this? Um, I could start to stand up after three months and then about maybe six months, I could start to take steps. Hold on real quick. Um, want to welcome Kenny. Kenny just walked in. He's uh, um, obviously one of our co-hosts for the show. There you go. Real estate guru. Kenny just got home from a trip from being gone out of town. Welcome, Kenny. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Excited for our guest. Yeah, Tanner. Tanner. Tanner has a cool story. So back to you, Tanner. Yeah. What at what point did you determine that you were going to walk again? I never had a doubt. I I don't want to say I never had a doubt, I guess. I there's days where I was like, I don't know. Like I just because that's human nature, you kind of would start to But it was pretty quickly right after this happened, right? That you were like I'm going to start giving this a shot again. Yeah. The doctor came in and told me after my surgery, because they put two eight-inch rods down my spine and 10 screws, and they told me that I would live a good life in a wheelchair and that I was never going to get anything back. And and in his defense, he kind of has to say worst-case scenario, because if he goes around telling people they're going to walk and they don't walk again, then... So did did the doctor, did you have that, like... You know, that stereotypical, I don't want to say stereotypical, that that typical conversation that you hear most paraplegics have or, you know, paralyzed people... You're never going to be able to X again. Yeah, you're never going to walk again, and, and you'll live a good life in a wheelchair. And that's why... That conversation actually happened. Yeah, and so that's why, I, for their sake, they have to say it. Right. And so I understand that, but it's like they're giving you worst-case scenario right off the bat. So if you're not a strong-willed person, you kind of cave to when people say things like that, then there goes your steam and there goes kind of your ambition to try to do anything. Well, yeah, you just program yourself to believe the professional, right? Yeah, the, he's a doctor. You can't he see. Knows. I did the, the air quotations, uh, yeah. you know, and that's the thing. Like a doctor, yeah, you should trust your doctor, yeah. but at the same time, it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't know your body like you know your body. Yeah, and and doctors are good. I mean, they the surgeons put me back together. Without the surgeon, I would have had to lay there for a long time and not been able to do anything because- Were the legs broken? Would, or black? No, or I didn't broken. break any any bones in the legs. I only broke ribs, my right? yeah ribs eight ribs and then my vertebrae. What are the rods doing? They're holding my vertebrae. So if you look at the body from the side, I blew the front of the vertebrae out and then dislocated my spine forward. So what they did is they went in and stabilized it with the rods from the back. and Lower then, or middle or upper? Um, Mid-back, right behind the sternum, basically, okay. like your nipples, Yep, that level. And so with that, with where it happened, I got very lucky because, like I said, I was just out of high school, more or less, and between wrestling and football and weightlifting, I was in really good shape, so I had a thick neck. And so by diving into the ground... Still does. Yeah, I still nice work neck. out. Really what do you yeah. weigh right now? 200? I'm 223, heaviest I've Are ever been. Are you really? 223? Yeah. I'm only two pounds away from you. Yeah, I got you guys by <laughs> 20 pounds, but... 223. Yeah. Wow. You look like a healthy 223, though. No, I know. It's all my gut. <laughs> it's all in your gut. It's um, all my legs. So you're 18. Give people, if you're just joining and you're just kind of figuring out what's going on here, he's 18. He gets paralyzed. He's at the prime of his life as far as fitness, health, everything goes. And that stops you kind of dead in your tracks. But I think you probably rolled over some of that momentum that you had before you got hurt and just said, nah, I'm going to continue to like, I'm going to, I'm, this is not going to stop me. Right. Well, yeah, I, I, with, with being in shape, that's, that's one of the benefits of being in shape is that when things like this happen, then you can kind of fall back on your training and what you've learned. And so with wrestling, it was really nice because wrestling's one of the best sports I feel somebody can do because it, it mentally you become so tough and kind of 
like hardened iron that you can kind of fight through anything. And so with that, I went into the, I approached it as just another kind of hiccup and right whatnot. And so I, I meet, I'm in the hospital. I started working out the first day that they put me into therapy. Well, here's a funny story. So <laughs> they come in and they were testing me on what I could fill. And so they started with, um, they get a safety pin and they've got the um, sharp side and then the dull side or like the round side. And so they were poking me in my stomach and my legs, like is as sharp as a stole. And so he, he poked me in my leg and I just let out like, Hey, <laughs> and the guy jumped back. I'm like, I'm just kidding. I can't feel that. Oh. <laughs> Where did he poke you on the back of your leg? Uh, no, just on the front of my okay. leg. And so, but it was, but you uh, didn't feel it. No, I didn't feel it. Jokes on him. Would you feel it now? Yeah. Yeah, and so like even now, people come up and they'll hit me and they're like, "Can you feel that?" And so I'll take my cane and whack them in the chin and be like, "You feel that?" That's a, a funny little side story on top of your story. And it's not even a story; it's just a fun fact about Tanner. He's talking about his canes. Um, he uses those canes regularly in you know to either walk or boogie around or you know crip walk, whatever you, whatever you call that. <laughs> um, kind of as the gangster boogie as he moves, but he also uses the cane to drive a UTV, and at one point did hold the world record for the longest razor jump. And he was actually driving, pushing the throttle with a driving stick, which was it one of these canes or just, no, it was a driving stick, a modified one, a modified cane myself. Basically it's a cane or or a stick that he pushes the gas pedal with. And he's like hoping that he's got the the pedal and doesn't slip off. You slipped off a couple of times before, right? Yeah, I Maybe tell not people they, jump. no, because they're like the oh shit tap crazy. or something. Yeah, so I tell people I got three options. I'm either hitting the gas, the brake, or the floor. So if you hear <laughs> pounding, that means I'm missing the good option. So hold on. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> so it just makes for a wild ride more so. <laughs> but he's actually a very talented driver, and you held that world record. And uh, rumor on the street is. Something may be coming soon to be able to, to to get that record back. That's all we can talk about right now. We're not going to give you too many details. But uh, Tanner is a good driver. He's a he's a he's a daredevil, um, and he does all this while driving with a stick. Why why don't you drive with hand controls? I've just never had the patience to build them, and I don't trust them because I've seen hand controls break in the razors and stuff, and so that's why I was like the driving sticks. I mean, I have three options, and it's not going to break. So right. You you have more control, and I've been driving with this for since the beginning. So I mean, I started driving the Rhinos in six months after. So right, and the first Gen One driving stick was an old pop up tent with a water bottle and duct tape. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's is that and on display at a museum somewhere locally? That yeah, in my be. closet. <laughs> Can I ask you something? So I didn't actually hear how you had your accident or what you were kind of doing at the time. You mentioned football and wrestling, but. What what exactly happened? I probably know you Mot- the least here. Yeah, motorcycle. I was racing motorcycles down in Mesquite, and it was a Thanksgiving race that we would always do. And so fact, were you a racer, or was this just you no, love doing it? We would race motocross every now and then, but we mainly raced desert. And okay. so that's where we would do a lot more is desert, and that's where I should have been hurt, honestly, because I crashed a lot. Like that was one thing I was good at was crashing, but <laughs> that's one thing that was good about muscles, too, is you bounce a lot better when you do crash. And so, um, I just, things lined up wrong and I went over the bars and landed on my head and it was, I was doing about 50 up a hill and just exploded my T six and, um, dislocated my spine and broke eight ribs. And so they said that I was lucky with that thick neck. That was, I was getting to that point actually. And I tangent all the way around. And so my thick neck, they said that I should have snapped my neck and died with how, with that force of impact. But since I had the muscle, it just, diverted down there and 
and broke it. And the day before my dad crashed on the same spot of the track, same hill and he compressed fractured his T6, 7, and 8. But he didn't have any spinal damage, only structural. And so he was in a turtle shell when I crashed. Like he had a brace around his Same chest. spot. Yep. Whoa. Is that the so, Thanksgiving race? Yep. The national? When you, when you get hurt like that, like a back or a spine injury, what's actually breaking? What's happening inside there? Is it, is it breaking that cluster of nerves? So some it, it depends on the injury. There's completes where they completely cut their spinal cord mm-hmm. with bone or whatever. And then incompletes can be like cuts or tears or just swelling, which was right. my case. I didn't have any cuts or tears or punctures on mine. It was just a swelling, and that's your body's natural So if defense. you've got, to take it, put it very uh, in layman terms, your house has a big bundle of wires running from the power box to your upstairs, right? Yeah. If you're cutting through the wall, your drywall, and you nick one of those wires, maybe the lights in your bathroom or your bedroom aren't going to work. Yeah. But everything else still works. Is that kind of yeah. how, it, how yeah. it is? Yeah, so there, yeah, I mean... But it's such a a tight, complex thing that, yeah, you can nick something and you could lose feeling in your foot. Or like stroke victims, they have issues because right. something will happen. And so it's similar to that, but it's more, I don't know. It's just, the body's just weird, I mean. Yeah, it is. But basically, when you get hurt, your spine gets pushed out of place or breaks or whatever, and that nicks something tears. to your spinal cord because even like I said with mine, mine was the swelling, and right. so it shuts down the pathways that your nerves normally go. But like your internal organs, obviously, will keep functioning for the most part unless you get higher. But when you um, the swelling just shuts down the pathways, like move your feet and whatnot. And so with me, I got lucky because I'm still I didn't have any bad things happen other than the swelling. But I've kind of retrained. I was gonna say new is that paths. swelling. Now, is it still going down? It's more like scar tissue now. So now scar tissue was basically just kind of like an interruption in the there. communication yeah. there. Yeah. So how are you still getting better? Just working out at it. And the funny thing is when I get my legs to like complete exhaustion, it, as soon as they come back, it feels like I've got a little bit more movement. And so... It makes me wonder what's actually... And a doctor could probably help us understand this a little bit better, but... Is something regrowing in the yeah? In you the can site? you can re reconnect like because it's only that site where you're injured, right? And so you can your nerves can grow around or they can find new pass, pathways, and so it's basically if, if their body feels like they need to because yeah. he's working right, yeah. pushing working it, and it. trying, and it's so yeah. interesting. We we talk about the body being connected. We're all connected yeah. to some degree. Our energies are different things, and so when you said your nerves could go around it or whatever, like bypassing the injury. If there's a need for it enough, that is so fascinating to me. Yeah. And you feel like that's happened to some degree. Yeah, it, it has happened. And, and your mind can also kind of retrain everything because your mind is basically what powers the whole thing. And so with the right mindset, you can really do anything. I mean, there's, there's, what do they say? We, we can access I love like this 8% guy. of our mind or something or 3%. Yeah. It's some tiny percent of our brain that we can access. Something tells me that your, your just persistence is allowing you to access maybe more of your brain than you would normally be able to, or than I'm able to. And that's, what's allowing you to make this progress because you're telling your brain, look, we need this, yeah. do this. And, and I don't think I have anything more special than anyone else. No, you don't. You're, you're an idiot, but you're just, you, you, you are, you are persistent. You are stubborn. It's the stubbornness. That's if it's no, cause I mean the hard times, all they do is kind of magnify of what you can do and can't do. And, and you're basically only limited by what you think you can and can't do. 
I mean, it's no different than going through a hard time, whether it's mentally, physically, it's all comes down to your mind. So if your mindset's in the right spot, then you can really kind of accomplish anything. It's, it's as simple as that is it's complex, but yet it's simple. I think only you, only the person themselves can tell them what they can and can't do in your situation. Someone told you, you wouldn't be able to walk again and you stuck it to the man. You're like, I will walk again. I don't care if you tell me I can't do it. I'm going to make it happen. I don't know. Do you, do you feel that way though? I don't get the vibe that you stuck it to the man. Why, why did you, well, what, stuck, what, what drove you? I, I, he did stick it to the man. He did. To himself, but I, I'm trying himself. to get, I'm trying to get him to be like, yeah, F that guy that said I couldn't walk, but I don't get that vibe from him. I'm trying yeah, to figure out. Was your mindset always that what, way? What, what basically triggered you to say, no, no, like I'm going to do this. I've always been very stubborn and hard headed, And so when I'm told I can't do something, then I'm going to work like hell to do it. Or like, I'm very competitive. And so even with it, if it's just with myself, like I've always wanted, like my goal has been to ride motorcycles again. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of what pushed me. And, and as I've gotten older, I've realized that I could ride motorcycles, but it wouldn't be the best thing, like the wisest choice because my right. spine just, I don't want to hurt it. Kind of like a glass jaw now. A little yeah. Bit. Well, actually it's even stronger now. I've got, I've got steel there. With oh, yeah, that's right. So, I mean, I'm, I won't break that spot again if I do crash like that. Break so, a different one. Yeah, so I've I've kind of um, weeded out the weak links on, <laughs> on my spine. That's one way to look at it. Um, so moving forward, I mean, you're 30 now. This happened 12 years ago. Um, does it get harder as each day goes by to wake up and be like, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna work these legs? Yeah, I mean it's. It's like anything. Some days are good and some days are bad. I mean, this morning I did not want to wake up and I usually wake up around 5:30 and get up and go to the gym and then I'll I'll do uh the stairs for about 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes, the right. stairmaster. And the other day I was actually sitting there thinking and I was just like I do not want to be here and then the more I started sitting there and kind of going, I was like I was like look at this. And I kind of gave started giving myself like you're a bad man like <laughs> all these other people are are able-bodied and you got people on the elliptical and on the treadmills like look at these pussies they can't even do the stairs and so i started like and then i had a good workout really yeah. you yeah. just pushed yourself yeah i kind of talked myself up and so um do people treat you differently because of the way you walk yeah you do but <laughs> yo yeah i know of course i do <laughs> no he there, does specifically yo, there's you? there's definitely some people that they just don't know how to approach people right. that have injuries or whatnot. And and the best part is, is you can mess with people so bad with me. Like even when we were walking in here, um, old Duncan, he was like, he's like, hurry up. He's like, run, I'm not going to hold this door forever. And the <laughs> girls in the store were like, oh, what a dick. <laughs> but, and so we'll be walking in places and you know how people walk out and they'll hold the door for you and just be like, and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I just moved so slow. And they're like, no, you're absolutely fine. And my friend's like, hurry up. And it's so, I mean, you, you, you can, you like it. You don't it. want any special treatment. No, I don't, I don't need any special treatment. I mean, it is what it is and I'm going to live life how I want. And, and there's no need for special treatment. Cause you look at people who start getting special treatment and it almost starts softening them. Oh yeah, for sure. You look at people who are kind of babied throughout the process of, and you don't even need to be injured. I mean, it goes for just from being a kid on up, you look at the kids who are kind of babied and pampered and, and they grow up to be kind of soft. And so once they're met with a trial, then all they know how to do is have somebody else do it for them or they quit. That's the real reason you don't have hand controls. 
because you don't want to soften up. You don't want to become a <laughs> pussy. I know. I feel like I feel like that probably really is a lot of what drives you to, to do the hard stuff because you know the second you take the easy route and do those hand controls or that shortcut, then you're cheating yourself out of what that could have grown into. Yeah. Whether it be muscle growth or, you know, more movement or whatever it is. Yeah. And you just you learn so much more about yourself when you do go through the hard times. Like you don't have to have a physical injury to have hard times. Like I'm sure like I, before I broke my back, I had depression and I had anxiety and I was on medicine for both of them. And then I broke my back and I took myself off of both. I didn't need it anymore because it's almost like I changed my mind into thinking someone else. And I, it's not that I don't get depressed anymore. I still will have days where I'm just like, screw this. And, and believe me, I've had days where it's like, I just would rather end this. But one thing that's kind of kept me is it's just like, I'm not a quitter. And if I do that, then that's going to label my family name as a quitter too. And so that's, if, if you make it about a bigger picture than yourself, <clears throat> then you'll kind of almost gain more energy from it. And you'll be able to do more if you do stuff for other reasons than yourself. Right. Jay, this is catching me off guard because I would not have thought that you had, you know, those kind of experiences that, you know, for the last five, 10 minutes we've been talking here, you come across as somebody in, that, um, you've made a decision, a conscious decision to continue to grow, push yourself and everything. And I think it's important that it is normal, uh, for all of us to have ups and downs. And then, mm-hmm. you know, right now today you're in a place where, you know, you're coming off really strong and those times that, uh, it's harder for you. And you're saying it's not, a, you, you have to look at the bigger picture. It's about, you know, more than just yourself. In those times, though, isn't that the hardest time to think of someone beside yourself? Oh, yeah. And it, it gets hard, especially because you think about it. The times you start getting depressed is the times you start getting kind of selfish and thinking this poor me. That's and, what I mean. And that. And and so I, I'm very lucky because I'm in a spot now where I can help people overcome their trials. And so if I made this about me, I could still get it done, but I wouldn't get it done in a fashion that would suit to help other people. And so that's kind of a lesson that I've learned is if you make things about a bigger picture than yourself, then you're, you will succeed on such a greater plane than just for you. If that makes, it makes perfect sense. sense. I was going to ask you too. So do you ever go and visit people who've had similar uh, accident, like strangers? Yeah. And so I, I too, right? Yeah, we and the warfighter guys, they were kind of vets and stuff. But I've I get calls or kind of messages more so just about people that they know someone that's had an injury or whatnot. And so I'll reach out and sometimes I'll go see them. Like you you aren't aware of how many people truly break their back or have injuries like this until you are part of the community. And then it's just like there's so many more people because it's it's you just don't pay attention to people in wheelchairs or like that because it's just kind of a side view type thing. But as soon as it happens to you or somebody, you know, then it's like, Holy cow, there's a lot of people, especially in the motocross world and the kind of the action sports world, which it happens a lot more regularly than anywhere else. But it's, I mean, it, it's kind of, I, I do, I do talk to people and that, and, and you can kind of tell the kids that will at least make some sort of, Sorry. Hold on one sec. Let me set that. Just, you were getting some noise from this. Yeah. One sec. Are you cutting that out? Yeah. No, you leave that shit in. Oh, Show the world then don't, how, don't just, tap your fingers. Just how I imperfect can't. this guy, Tanner's well, over here. Clean this just rubber off. Dude, just because your legs sticker. don't move doesn't mean you can be overactive that with your hands up here. Just yeah. Mr. Hands over here. Over yeah. there. So 
But what are some of the, what are some of the things that, that you have to deal with that people wouldn't really think of? I know you have to pee a lot. Oh, I have to pee a lot. That's one of, that's, that's the number one thing. You have to pee right now. No, not right now. Okay. Like, let me know. That was the first you thing. Got, like, I three bottles I like, of water I hope, in front of them. A, I hope there's a bathroom close because I most likely. And I said go. we were just going to put kitty litter under yeah. his chair because <laughs> that's that's what Tanner deserves. What I should do. So you have to. You have an overactive bladder. Yeah, like I, I'll, if I drink like pre-workout, I'll have to like I literally do a set of bench and then go to the bathroom, come back do a set of bench, go to the bathroom. Like it's it hits me that fast. Road and trips so, with with Tanner are fun. <laughs> Because it's like we, we, we did that road trip oh, a few years ago and we went to from here to Laughlin, Arizona or Nevada or wherever it was. And dude, we, every it was like, it, no, I'm telling you, it was like every exit. He's like, over. <laughs> but he just got to the point where he'd like just dangle his legs out and pee and then he was back in. It was I like a pit stand stop. up to the side. Yes. Yeah, on the side because we're in the mega <laughs> yeah, cab. Exactly. The mega ram runner. Huh? Yeah, yeah. 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 And so if I stood underneath it, my junk's going to show. Well, up. the is thing is, if, so if you got out of that truck, you weren't getting back in for a minute. <laughs> yeah. No, but you do have tremendous upper body strength. Yeah. And that's just, that's one of the reasons why I work out is so I can do what I want to do. And so I love running tractors. And so to climb into the tractors, obviously I'm going to have to pull myself up. And so I've figured out ways to get in. And unfortunately the arms are mostly the only way to get in sometimes. And so anything else into, that you have to deal with that we, that you, you wouldn't normally think of. Like compare my day to your day. What do you? What sort of quirky, weird, dumb little things? Even if it's the dumbest little stuff, what do you have to deal with it? That other than the obvious, your legs not working, but well, just the bathroom thing. I mean, because I have to time it to where. Well, it depends on if I'm drinking. See, being paralyzed wouldn't be bad at all if your internal stayed the same. Yeah. So like t- going to the bathroom, whether it's taking a leak or taking a dump, it's completely different. Especially once you lose control of all that then you have to get on a program or a program to where you're every couple hours you're going to be cathing and so i had to cath at first catheter yeah use a catheter so yeah. you're basically shoving a big old tube in your junk yeah, and then ping. yeah and so that's about the right sound for that <laughs> yeah yeah it, it i mean i couldn't feel it so i couldn't say but it definitely is uh not the best thing but it it is convenient sometimes because if you're in like traffic and you're stuck, you can just take a leak right in a bag. And yeah. I had one that, yeah, I mean, self-contained. So like that stuff's hard. Um, for me, my legs get really tight if I sit too long. Like my hamstrings will just tighten up. And that's, like Charlie horse, like it just, the muscle just seizes up. Yeah, they just get really tight. And so that's that's part of the reason I go to the gym in the morning too is just to get my legs functioning. Right. Because if I don't, then they are so tight throughout the day that they, it makes it miserable. So are you able to stretch? Yeah, I can stretch. I can almost touch my, like I can, if I'm sitting with my legs flat on the ground, I can grab my toes and I can almost put my head to my knees. Wow. And so you wouldn't think that because my legs are so tight at first that I have to sit back and grab my feet with my canes and then slowly just, kind of inch my way forward to where they slowly loosen up but i'm really flexible i feel like that's a good metaphor for life as far as like if you're not constantly working at something such as stretching for me if i don't stretch for a year then i might feel tight like you do after a day well basically for me even just sitting here my legs are already getting tight right and so imagine it'd be like you sitting on a plane or sitting in a car for like 10 hours or something you know when your legs just start cramping and you just start 
and my butt starts to hurt my where I had that sore it's still super tender and so I'm constantly kind of moving around because that thing will just start lighting up and it feels like someone just stabbing me with a knife in the butt cheek. And so it's, so you, you didn't, you weren't lucky enough to lose the feeling there. No, no, it's still there. And so it's <laughs> dude, that is, it's impressive what you've accomplished. Uh, there's a video kicking around online that you posted. I think you've done a couple kind of walking videos. What's cool is you have the ability to laugh at yourself and have fun with it because what fun would this be if you couldn't? Oh, like, it'd be depressing, right? Oh yeah, humor is the best thing a person can do. Whether it's it doesn't matter what your situation is, if you can laugh at yourself, then you truly are so much stronger. And it because, just shows confidence in yourself too. Yeah, well, and it's just the fact that if you can laugh at yourself, then nobody can more so bring you down by laughing at you. Because right. people, especially me, like I walk so goofy. Like I'll look in the mirror, I'm like, God damn, you walk goofy. <laughs> But if you can laugh at yourself, then it also brings kind of more or less humor to other people. It eases the tensions that other people are around you that don't know how to approach it, right? Yeah. And like the first time I met you, I met Twink or Diesel Deva. You can call me Twink. A couple months before, though, at a pool party. And then we met at a a bachelor party and we were go-karting. And you were behind me and you didn't, you were so timid like you didn't want to hit me because i was the cripple kid or whatever yeah and i ended up beating him and well and yeah that's 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 the thing like i was i was being courteous and of, of your disability you were not don't even yeah i was gonna say i don't know i was Maybe i was, just, I was catch just you bro i would that's i mean that's you the only reason your... you won is because i didn't want to beat the disabled kid that's not but, true no it's actually not true why'd Dis- you give like, him out t- no tanner smoked me plain and simple and the right best up. part is he didn't he couldn't push the throttle so he was reaching back behind him hitting the throttle with his hand on the little engine while he's one arm in the go-kart on this track that was very difficult, like super oh, yeah. tight turns. Dude, just freaking whoop me. It, and, and I, I have two pulling the throttle cable, cable holding, from behind holding the, th- the throttle, the actual <laughs> actuator behind <laughs> him. So it's not like to the side of him. It's, it's literally behind him and he's, he's grabbing onto the motor and he's, I think that's why he was so fast. Cause he could push it faster than, than the foot. Would he took the it. governor off yeah. dude. the guy, like very, very, very talented in the fact that where it's like, you're beating somebody who's fully capable. I, I'm a fast go-kart racer, I feel like. Yeah. But obviously, you're faster. You've turned your weakness into a superpower. Yeah, I'll beat and you, Diesel man. Dave saw it. When he, we walked out and he saw the paper, he's, and you were sitting there looking at the paper, and you're just staring. He's like, this is the greatest thing ever. He's like, Sparks never loses, and so he doesn't know how to take it. <laughs> it's been like five years, I'm and I'm still sure mad about it. the very first time he ever lost. <laughs> I don't From remember there, he's losing. been losing a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you dethroned me hard, bro. But that was, but yeah, I mean, back to the thing, like, humor... People just need to find more humor in their life. If you can laugh about your downfalls and kind of what more so you would say your weaknesses are, then they become your strengths more so. And that's what I feel. People who you look that are more so happy, at least, they don't get down by just stupid things. You, You learn to laugh at your mistakes. You learn to laugh at your downfalls, and they play into your kind of checklist item number one yeah and that's a that's going to be a i I do want to make that a checklist item i'm I'm trying to figure out how to humor to say how to define that because what i don't want people to do is awkwardly nervously call attention to their to their weaknesses right as a way to like bypass having to deal with them meaning um i think i told the story before when when guests come over to my house before they even come in the door my wife would be like i'm sorry about the mess i'm sorry about the mess and it's like the house isn't a mess. Yeah. Like it's, you're, you're just basically like 
you're you're owning it. No, she's not owning it though. She's like, I don't want you to over own it. I don't yeah. want you. I don't want you to to turn it into a you don't way want a sympathy to. Type. You don't want a sympathy, and you don't want to basically turn into a situation where you're calling attention to things that don't yeah. need to be called attention yeah. to because you feel insecure about them. Yeah. So own them in a very secure way is, is the best it's, way to put it. It's a humble way. It's more of just being confident in the fact that like with me walking with canes, like I know I walk goofy. And so I'll be the first one to say like when a lot of my friends drink and so we'll go out and they'll be like, people be like, Oh, you want a beer? And I'm like, no, I look at me walking with water. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to drink anything, but it's just, it's finding the little things in, in life that kind of bring humor to it. Yeah. Learning to laugh at yourself. It's interesting. I, you know, there's times I take myself too serious. That's for sure. And uh, when you when you actually mention how your wife, you know, apologizes for the house not being clean when it is totally clean and cleaner than most, so then it makes you feel uncomfortable because you're like, well, Jesus, she doesn't think this clean. She better not come over to our house ever, right? Uh, but my wife will laugh at herself when she falls or trips, and I'm telling you, they're not always beautiful spills. But she laughs hysterically, and I don't until I know she's okay, and I want to laugh, whatever. But I, I've, I've grown to admire it in a way that it's like, you know what? That's awesome. I love that she laughs at herself that way confidently. Right. Right. And again, they're not always gracious falls. One time she did when she was pregnant, and it was wild. Yep. And uh, <clears throat> anyway, I've learned to try to laugh at myself when I when things happen because I always took you know sports and everything so serious, and then. You know what? You miss a shot and you learn to laugh about it. You brush it off. You know, you, you'll put up another shot next time down. But if you take it too serious, you get in your head a little too much. And so it's, it, I mean, to some degree, I've, I've learned to try to do that. But there's definitely things that I do that I need to laugh at more. So I think, I think, I think the good. best way to put that is figure out what your weaknesses are. Take a, take a good hard look at yourself and be honest with yourself and say, I'm not good at talking to people or I've got acne or whatever it is that you aren't happy with. Figure there's going to go one of two ways. You're either going to find a way to turn that weakness into a strength by actually be getting better. Figure out what's going to clear your face up. Figure out what's going to get, get rid of those zits. Figure out what, what's going to make you walk better, even though you're freaking paralyzed. Or if you can't change it, because there are going to be things that we can't change, mm-hmm. just own it. And I think you're kind of doing that with your with your legs in a way. It's kind of like a hybrid. Like you are owning it and 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 working on becoming stronger, but you know that you're limited, yeah. and so you're like, it is what it is. I walk funny. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, I mean, I, I can't change the way I walk right now. I mean, with time I might be able to, but people, people are so focused on looking cool all the time, especially with social media. Everybody tries to put off this thing that I'm so cool and whatnot to where they kind of lose who they really are because they're focused on another way of living that cool life. And, and for me, one of the things I've always kind of done is like especially with Instagram is I've kind of always shown my fails and stuff because it lets people know that everybody they can relate to you. Yeah. They know you're not putting on a show. Yeah. They think that I'm like the superhuman or something that never gets down and never gets this, but it's like, I get depressed like everybody. I fall like everybody. And, and with that, you just have to learn to laugh at your, when you do fall because getting up is just, I mean, you'll get back up. And if you're laughing, then you're most likely going to be in a better mood and like there's just so much good that comes from humor because you're, what is your Instagram? T Godfrey one five five. I really like your Instagram posts because they're, they're what you're saying. They're a hundred percent real. 
like the the magic trick making yourself disappear. Mm. If you haven't, if you haven't, if you don't follow Tanner, you need to go and at least look at that one post. Yeah, let's. That's one of my favorites. I'm gonna pull that. I really, I wish there was a way. We're gonna start trying to record these podcasts on YouTube and show more video stuff, but it's so frustrating because there's so many visual things that we want to share with you. Um, If you guys remember that there was that thing going around for a while where people had a bed sheet or something right or a towel and they would say they drop it and then as they were dropping it they'd run away and they disappear well you did it with a towel or a bed sheet a or blanket something, a blanket and he drops it and then he does what everybody else does which is run away run out of the frame and it's still there 15 just, seconds just hobbling his way away like you took you took something that that could have been really awkward for everybody and people really feel weird about you owned it and you made it funny and you could all there. People were laughing with you then yeah. they're not laughing at you. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of finding that line, I guess of, cause you can tell if you're trying to bring attention to yourself and you're wanting sympathy, like right. you're searching for sympathy. And I can tell the people, um, especially in the more so disabled type world where people are, you can tell the people that are just these Debbie downers. It's right. like, you do not want to be with them because you can feel that negative energy and it's just like, I don't even want to touch that. It's like, and so that's for me why I'm always kind of joking and being a smart ass because I find that if you can make people laugh, then you can kind of break the ice. And especially with me, that's what's really helped me with connecting with a lot of people. Cause we've done things with this warfighter made organization and they do vet or deal with vets that have been like amputees or some sort of injury. And so we've had a lot of amputees and, like I'll walk up to one of them and I hit his leg, his prosthetic, and he was like wondering what in the hell was going on. And then he looks down and sees my cane kind of tripping him. And it's just <laughs> like, so I can connect with these people on a different level. I mean, it's not that they're any different, but it's given us kind of a common ground to kind of reconnect and kind of make them realize that they aren't that different. I mean, right. one thing's happened to him. I got a buddy that was blown up and he lost both legs. He's got like eight inches of leg on his left leg and he's to the hip on his right leg. He stepped on an IED and, and I threw him on my back and we were hiking around. I mean, hiking around. I mean, we walked around the razor and I thought I was going to die because he's, he's all that muscle. Went up you, top you were to piggybacking somebody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we were in the desert and there's mouse holes all over. So my freaking canes were sinking into the ground. So we about <laughs> fell a couple of times, but I mean, we we're just having fun with it. Have I mean, you seen the video of him streaking? <laughs> I have never no. seen that. There's one, one of yeah. him streaking out to a pool. We're and, going uh, streaking. He's going streaking. <laughs> and uh, he says, I hope your week goes like my streaking, fast and awesome. And it's definitely awesome. I do, wouldn't call it fast. Were, were you actually buck naked in that? There's a party hat on. Yeah, his I got a party hat on. Oh, yeah. Nice. We blurred out a lot so that it looked. No, honestly, I think better. you can learn a lot about Tanner by just going. Like you should, if you're listening to this, go follow his Instagram. It's at T Godfrey. That's G O D F R E Y one five five. So T Godfrey 155 is his username and uh, everything that we're talking about will make so much more sense. Once you see how he actually lives his life and how he owns this weakness. And to me, it's your, it's your greatest strength because that's what, that's what you have like built your life around is figuring out how to do the hard stuff that would normally be impossible for you, but you figured out a way to do it and you figured out a way to like have fun with it. Like you're, you're not sitting at home getting bed sores because you're, you're sad about not being able to walk. Always a smile yeah. on your face. I've never Always. seen you. I've never seen you down. You and know that, what I mean? That's what I, and that goes back to thinking just people would rather be around someone that's happy rather than someone that's sad. And so I've seen both worlds and I've, 
I like I said, I I get sad sometimes, and I'm I mean I'm human. I get sad. I get down, but I try to limit those because you you can't do anything good when you're feeling just like a Debbie Downer and you're just like, oh, this sucks, and and nobody and you'll I mean you you we all know people who are like that, and you slowly just start to not wanting to hang out with them because it's always going to be like, oh, well I can't do this because I've got this wrong with me, and it's like. I don't have my legs and I, I mean, I have my legs, but they don't function to where I, like I'm, I'm more at a disability now to where if I was in a wheelchair, I could cruise around and now I'm freaking snail speed. Right. And it takes me forever to get places. And so that's why I kind of limit what I do because it's going to take me so long to get around, but I'm not going to just stop living because of an injury. I mean, I still do everything that I want to do. We went, um, we went back to Travis Pastrana's and I flipped into his foam pit after my after I'd been paralyzed and he what happened is they didn't have a bike set up or anything I just hopped on one of his 450s and we duct taped my foot to the left foot peg and then we hurried and start the bike and then duct tape my right foot on and then I went around and this ramp was a super super kicker so it was like 12 feet high and it was basically just a wall and I I hit it and I I, I've never been so scared in my life because all the nitro people were there and I was just like, I can't puss out. I can't puss out. And so I hit it and I came up and I landed upside down in the foam pit and the duct tape fell off and they pulled me out and I was like, okay, well, we at least know what to do a little bit now. And I was like, we got a duct tape again. And Greg's like, oh no, you're good. You're good. And so I go back around and I hit the ramp and I get upside down and my legs fall off and I'm just hanging there upside down the butt. <laughs> And the bike just lands on top of me. And then, so we got real sophisticated and got zip ties, like big industrial strength zip ties and zip tied my foot and ended up pulling it around, but it was just the foam pit, but it's still like, you were doing a backflip. Yeah. Just the foam pit on a 450. Yeah, just, just a straight up pit. wall being strapped into the bike. I don't know if I could get myself to do to that. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do a backflip into a foam pit right now in perfectly good shape. Yeah. Let alone yeah, no having way. my legs just dangling. And I never, I never cared to before, even before I broke my back, I, it never kind of intrigued me. But right. once I broke my back, then I was like, eh, maybe we'll try it and just. And Do you ever approach things now where you're like, well, I'm already hurt. I might as well give it a whirl. <laughs> I feel like, no, <laughs> it, it, it may seem like that too sometimes. Cause it like, there's a lot of things I don't, it doesn't look like I'm very calculated, right. but I'm actually pretty calculated. It doesn't, I don't go into doing all the math and everything, but I think things through, that's one of the downfalls that I feel that I do. It's a kind of a downfall yet a strength is overthinking. Right. And so like, I'll think every scenario through. And so if there's a better chance that none of the bad scenarios will happen, then I'll do it. Like when I went up to Butte and jumped and did the record, like we, we got the car back Monday and I was supposed to jump on Friday and I jumped out of the shop and jumped 160 feet over this 120 foot gap and I didn't crash, so I was like, we're good to go on this, I guess. And so we went up to Butte and did it. But, like, I'm not going to do something if it's complete, like, you know you're going to get shit-wrecked yeah. because it's not worth it to me. And so that's great. They wanted me to flip to dirt, and I was like, it's not worth it because even landing the foam pit landing good hurt. And right. I was like, I'm not, it's I'm not, not worth doing it. That. Yeah, so you just kind of have to know what you can and can't do as far as physically. Just yeah, they, calculate your risk to reward. Yeah. Like yeah. if you're going to go land on dirt on a, on a backflip on a dirt bike, what is the reward yeah. landing it? Right. But the risk is ridiculous. Yeah. And it, and it's 
for me, that risk wasn't even worth it. And they wanted me to do it and then maybe go do the nitro stuff. And I was just like, I don't care to do that. And then now Bruce Cook does it. And I mean, he's flipping every day and I'm stoked for him, but that's something I wouldn't run to do because that's just going to kill your body. Let me ask you a question. So you got a couple kids, you know what I mean? And going through everything you've gone through, do you let them race motocross? I think you let them do what you want, what they want to do. I don't have kids. No, I'm saying, when you have kids. Marcus is saying, if I was Marcus and I have kids. So you're not asking for a friend, you're asking for yourself, Marcus? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Asking for Marcus. I asked asked your uncle the same question. Obviously, my son's been hurt a bunch, but knowing what you, I mean, dude, last, you know, our favorite race, there's two of our favorite races, which is the Thanksgiving National, which you got extremely hurt at, right? And then last year at Easter down in Delta, um, Hunter passed away, yeah. wrecked and died, you know? Yeah. So now, you know, I've got kids that are doing it and it's had me, you know, kind of contemplating and thinking about things. You being through that experience, if your kid comes to you and wants to race dirt bikes, what do you tell them? Well, I think it's kind of like, it's, it's not even necessary to kids. I mean, it's, it's anybody in their life. If you're doing what you're doing and you love it, why not keep doing it? Because the moment you stop doing it, then that's when you're going to start changing and you're going to start thinking a different way and you're going to kind of, like kids especially, will... Sounds like there are kids running around up here. Kids, yeah, there's a whole grundle of them upstairs. But like as far as your kid goes, if he loves it, I'd say let him do it because that's what he, that's what he cares about right now in life and that's what drives him to do it. Yeah. And my brother's still racing. We all have been hurt pretty bad. Like there's my one brother, Gavin, he crashed and he, um, he fractured his T6 vertebrae, uh, the neck brace. He whiplashed and I mean, he got wrecked hard. He was doing flat out on a 250 in a desert racing, but he hurt his back and then he ended up having his appendix burst. So they had to pull that out and then, um, like everybody in my family has been hurt in some way from motorsports, but even me, I still want to ride and I can't because it just pisses me off. Cause I can't go fast. Like I want to go. Right. But I feel if you aren't living life in a way that brings you happiness and brings you joy and makes you feel like a fulfilled life, then what's the point of living anyways? Like if I was to stop, stop doing what I'm doing and just go and do what you're supposed to do, there's no point. Like I'd rather be dead than do that. And so I'd rather live my life in a way that brings me fulfillment and brings me joy. And even if it's a shorter time on this earth, when it's my time, it's my time. You can't change when your time is a go. And like that kid dying at Delta, there's no rhyme or reason why it happened. I mean, the luck of the draw, when it's your time to go, you you can't have a say in that. Yeah. I mean, Let me ask you, you this. Are limitations real? Meaning if somebody says, my dad was fat. His dad was fat. I'm fat. I just cannot lose weight like regular people. Is that real? It's real in their head. I mean, our limitations are only set by what we think. For me, if I were to think that I was paralyzed, then I'd be paralyzed. Right. But with my mindset and, I mean, my life was basically bred me for this accident up to there because I grew up playing sports. I played baseball, basketball, soccer. I swam, raced BMX bikes, I did it all, wrestled, football. And so I was very active all the time. And so this has kind of gave me that opportunity to where I've learned how to kind of take all that in and all that kind of sucky training that you always had to do, which was good and bad. And it's 
gave me a reason to push to when normally when I wouldn't want to push now I can push kind of dig a little deeper, I guess. Right now your body is not your definition of a perfect body. You don't currently have, right? I this would, is perfect. <laughs> well, you are pretty confident, but I think, oh. uh, in your head limitations, like I was talking about, they aren't really real. No, it's, it's a matter of, you know, it's a mental block, yeah. but, but there's a big, but there you do not, you, you don't walk like I do. Yeah. So there's the, you have your limitations that yeah. are like physical, yeah. but it doesn't mean that my version of a perfect body has to be your version of a perfect body. No. And, and for me, I don't, I've never been fat and I, so I don't know. I couldn't say on that. Right. But I've, well, had, I mean, you're fat now, but yeah, I've had friends that were fat <laughs> and they lost weight. The thing, the, the thing that it all comes down to is being mentally strong. Cause yeah. if you're mentally strong, you can overcome really anything. How and do, how do you, how do you build mental strength? It starts with the little things, just like you said, with waking up in the morning and doing something, whether it's going to the gym or going on a walk. Like if you're, if you're overweight, it'd be getting up and just taking a couple steps further than you did the day before forcing yourself to do the uncomfortable yeah things. it's the things it's when you don't want to go and do something and that's should. when you need to do it yeah. and that's when you gain the mental toughness and so that's why sports like i said bred me to it because in sports you get put in those situations especially with wrestling to where you get the living shit knocked out of you and you keep on going because you have no choice we were told this all the time uh if you tell yourself you can or you can't either way you're right mm-hmm. right so your body's going to do that like if you're worried you're going to, you know, miss a ground ball or swing and miss or whatever in sports, and I'm likening what you're saying, it, it, you will be worried about missing a ground ball yep. rather than, you know, you're going to get this guy out. You know, you're going to get this guy. Out. So either way, you're right. Cause you're probably going to, you know, the, the outcome is of what you're thinking of. And when Dave's talking about limitations, there's real limitations yep. in the sense that, you know, I could want to be seven feet tall. Yeah for the rest of my life, but I probably won't be. Yeah. But if my goal is to be tall to jump higher, I can work on jumping higher, right? I can mm-hmm. work on that. So I think it's an interesting topic. It's one of my favorites because you you are the maker of your destiny. Right. Yeah, there's there's nothing you can or can't do unless you decide it. Like with I'm I won't be able to run as far as you. I I can't run obviously right now, but it doesn't mean that I'm not going to do my best to get to where I want to go fast. I mean, there's nothing fast about when you want to arm wrestle. Yeah. 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 And maybe your running, your version of running will be different speed walking or walking like a regular pace. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to relate what you went through because you're an inspiring dude, everything that you've gone through and everything you just like, I know you have your down days. Everybody Mm -hmm. does. I don't, I honestly don't think you have any more down days than a regular person. No, I feel like you just, you have your days and then everybody does. But you've trained yourself to overcome big, nasty hurdles, things that I haven't personally had to deal with in my life as far as physically, uh, physically goes. And a lot of our listeners haven't had to necessarily overcome being paralyzed either, but everybody is struggling with something. Everybody that's listening to this either says, I would like to be, you know, heavier. I'd like to be lighter. Some people struggle putting on weight Yeah, uh, hands. My assistant, he's the dude, the dude is like working his butt off in the gym right now. And it's actually probably harder for him to put on weight than it is for a heavy person to lose weight yeah. because that's, you're actually having to grow mass. That's not an easy thing to do. Um, so I just want everybody listening to kind of think about what Tanner is up against every day. Think about waking up every morning and knowing that your legs are stuck in a bucket of concrete. And that's, that's something that you have to break that concrete off one move at a time, one step at a time, one, one mental like 
push at a time because 90% of the battle is mental. I think once your brain says, all right, we're doing this, then your legs are like, all right, fine, we'll do it. And they uncramp and you get moving, right? Yeah, it's it's just getting up and doing some that. I mean, that's literally all you have to get do in the morning is just get up. Once you're up out of bed, then you've already beat that task. And so you just go on to something else. So it's people look too much at the big picture. They don't look at the little things. Life's right. about the little things. Right. If you aren't accomplishing little things, you will never accomplish big things. The house things. is built one brick at a time. Yeah, like for me... I wake up during the night at least four to six times a night to get up and take a leak. And so I don't get very much sleep as it is. But when I do, I just try to enjoy it. But it's one of those things I know I'm going to have to get up and take a leak. And so it's just I get up and I just kind of strut into the bathroom, just toes dragging and whatnot. But I know that's part of me. I can either lay there and piss the bed or get up and go. And so if you make that mental kind of decision to just get up and go attack life or go up and do that thing then you're already that much further ahead than you were and dude how how good does it feel to do something hard though oh that's i keep relating everything like the gym is so relatable to life yeah because basically you're doing what life is every day right like the stairs absolutely suck for me, but I love it because I'd rather do 15 minutes on the stairs than go do it with the treadmill because the stairs are going to kill me a lot more than the treadmill will. And even the treadmill, like the fastest I can go on the treadmill is 1.6 miles an hour. And that is cooking for me. Like my feet are dry. <laughs> like that is hauling. So I'm normally like a 1.2 miles per hour. And what do you do on the stair stepper? Stair stepper. It depends on the one. It's either... Like the one that I do is like a six, but it's, I mean, it's not much faster than a slow, I mean. Are you having to reach down and pick your legs up? No, I can pick them up. And so I can, they, I've figured that out to where I can get them to drag up the front almost and then they pick up, but like it works. I don't know how really, but I've gotten it to work. Do you get some looks at the gym when you're doing that? Yeah, at first. And that's, that's, I mean, people, especially now they know, I mean, cause it's, Everybody that goes in the morning is kind of regular. But at first, when I started going to the gym and I was in my wheelchair, you you can tell when people are just staring at you and because you're the different person. Like you're a different kind of human almost, like you're an alien. And so I'd be in my wheelchair and I could just feel the glare, like not glares, but just eyes on me. And that's one thing that you kind of just get used to is just people staring. And people are going to stare no Do matter what. you use what. that to push you? What, people looking? Yeah, knowing they were watching you. Yeah, because, and that I used it to the fact that I've got, that's where social media is so good is people, I get messages of peop, from people just saying like, oh, you're like, this is so awesome. Like you're inspiring me. And so I use that for my fuel. Like I'm helping somebody in the ways that most, somebody, like only I could do it. And so everything happens for a reason in life. And obviously my purpose in life was greater than riding motorcycles and doing all that stuff. It was it was to show people what can and can't be done and what you can do when you put your mind to the thinking that you can do something. And even if, if you can't do it, you're going to try your best to do it. And, and life, for me especially, is I've kind of put it to where I'm adapting and overcoming to things. Like I'm, I can't go jump in the truck and go drive it like with my feet and drive it normal, but I'm going to figure out a way. That's where I use my driving, my cane. or I mean, I will find a way to do whatever I want. And it's just a matter of me doing it. <laughs> I love that, dude. It's, it's, I will find a way to do whatever I want. Like that is, that's, that's honestly like, that's my MO. Yeah, I'm not here, a naturally here. talented dude. I'm not really good at 
my bot. I don't know. I just, I just, I was not born with the ability to do like nat, like go be a, a, a natural athlete or whatever it is. So when I want to do something, I literally have to put my mind to it and like go grind and make it happen yeah. and just know that uh, I, I'm going to be able to do it. It's going to be harder for me to do it than, you know, somebody else. Some of these people are naturally gifted at whatever it is they're doing. It's going to take me some time. But if I do, if I just, if I just believe that I'm going to do it and just go like suffer through the shitty part of it, I'm going to be able to do it. And so I think that's what you've, you've, you've figured out a way to just trick your brain into like not allowing yourself to retreat, Yeah, which is the biggest part of life is being able to like continue, like even if they're baby steps, even if you're talking like centimeters of, of forward growth, yeah. it's growth. Yeah. As long as you're moving forward, it doesn't matter what speed you're going at least you're moving forward and, and be prepared to take two steps forward, one step back. That's a yeah. very real thing. Well, and you're going to fall like me. I know I'm going to fall. We were at a restaurant the other day and there was water <laughs> on the tile and I hit it with my cane. And once Man, that happens, it's just, just glass. And I just fell and all the waitresses are like, Oh, you okay. I'm like, I'm fine. It just sounds like retirement there to me. I know. But yeah, I mean, it's, that's where the mental toughness, I mean, you just do things that make you uncomfortable until they're, just become normal to you. And I've, I guess with this, I've got a, a fast class to it. I mean, I've done everything as far as it's hard and I'm just going to keep doing it. And I was thinking about it on the stairs the other day. It's like the only way I'm going to get to the next stair is if I physically pick my leg up and do it. Cause if you don't take that step, then you're always going to be where you are. And, and that's, not, where that's you, not a metaphor for life. I don't yeah. know what is because yeah. that applies to everything. Oh, it does. And, and it's, it's just doing it. Like Nike hit it right on the <laughs> nose when they said, just do it because that's really how simple it is. Cause you're either going to do it or you're not going to do it. And if you don't do it, that's where you're going to get <sighs> depressed because you're like, Oh man, I should have done it. The regrets and whatnot. But if you do it, you at least attempt, you try. And if you fail, at least you learn. It's really only a failure if you don't learn a lesson from it. So if you're listening to this and you've found excuses to go to the gym because either your leg hurts or your back hurts or whatever your excuse is, just know that you're sitting here listening to a guy that uh, his legs shouldn't be working. Like physically, there's a, there's a disconnect in his body from them actually being able to, to work the way they are. But he's decided to basically bypass that broken nerve bundle and regrow his own. And, and now he's... Where do you see yourself five years from now? Do you see yourself, what do you see your legs doing in five years from now? Hopefully walking faster. I mean, if I could gain a mile per hour, oh, That'd be a big I win. would be cooking. <laughs> I would be cooking. What, you walk at about a mile an hour right now? One, yeah, one, maybe. I mean, it just depends. And then like when I have to take a leak, my legs start locking up. So then I really slow down. So, I mean, it's, but in five years, I mean, hopefully they're coming out with new things right? so quick stem with stem cells and, and all that. Yeah. I don't think they're there yet, but I think they're getting there. And that's, I mean, that comes to another thing to Kenny's where- Kenny's eyes lightened right up on that one because he's big on that. I love stem cells. Yeah. Yeah. And th- there's a lot of potential with it. And I think that's another thing that you can look at, that people just in that, in, in this, in my world of kind of people that have broken their backs, like paraplegics and quadriplegics, is you get the people who will sit there and wait for something to come to them, so, like some miraculous cure. Go that's to Germany. Cure. Yeah. And so for me, my mindset's always been like, I'm going to put in the work to where if something does come, then I'm going to be that much further ahead so that if I, I need that. it, I'm ready to go. That is such a good mindset. I, 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 totally understand everything you're saying right now in the sense there's people who have a small task 
mm-hmm. you know, whether it's at work or something simple and, and, and the words that come out of their mouth often are, yeah, but, mm-hmm. and I'm, and it's like, well, yeah, you needed to shovel your, your driveway. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I'm tired from the day, you know, it could be the simplest things that, you know, yeah, but you know, and what is, what is the, yeah, but stopping you, you in your life. And I, and I oftentimes am asking myself this, like, Oh, I was going to, you know, go do this thing or that, you know, and I'm busy and you can come up with things to, to stop you from making that next step. But you have this ability right now in your life to take something that we all take for granted and work really hard to do it right to work. And you make this conscious effort and now you've taken that and applied it to other aspects of your life. What you focus on, what you work toward day by day and not have the yeah, buts and the things that limit you. And you're right. If that stem cell technology comes along or whatever, and you get that injection or whatever comes, it's just going to help you take maybe three steps forward, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than two, but you're four steps further away or further along than you would have been if you weren't working toward it anyway. Oh yeah. It's, it's, I mean, plus you kind of said something where you getting, um, just with putting in the work, like shoveling your walk. I mean, that's, that's basically how you gain the mental toughness is doing the little things, the things that you don't want to do and you go out and do them. And what people don't realize is like making your bed or doing the small kind of tasks that you're like, eh, that's not important. Like sho- just like shoveling the walks. Once you get it done, you feel so much it's better. It's extremely satisfying. There's like, times I do all day on the computer and I'll go home and do the dishes, which I hate. And I feel like I accomplished more doing that than I did making money all day or doing whatever yeah. I do because it's this tangible, it's this, this thing you get to accomplish. Like that's why the making the bed thing rung home to me. That's why habits are so important. Right. We are our definition of our habits. Being able to get into a habit and make it like doing something for a week is not a habit. Doing something for a month is not a habit. What about two weeks? Uh, You're starting to form a habit, but it depends. Like we won't know if that's a habit until six months from now. Are you still doing it? That's when it's a habit. That's oh like my. Tanner, you've made a habit of like having to do some of this hard stuff, getting up, go to the gym, stretch. Like you, unfortunately, I don't know if I'm even going to say unfortunately, <laughs> cause I don't feel bad for you. You have to, you have to do stuff. That's pretty much like we take for granted. Like yeah. you get up and just stretch your legs out and make sure they're not freaking locked up. And yeah. I just get up out of bed and, and move. So if you're, if you have a healthy body and you're listening to this, if you have strength, if you have like all your appendages functioning, be grateful for that and don't take it for granted. Oh, and that that's one thing. Even with me, I've got my legs, so I'm very lucky with that because I've got friends that have broken their necks and and whatnot. And I've got a buddy in Australia, his name's Brad Smealy. He broke his neck wakeboarding and the dude can't move his hands. He has to drive a wheelchair with a straw where he sucks and blows with through the straw to drive his wheelchair and then he has to use his mouth to grab a thing a stylus. Mm. And use his phone so when he makes videos, he'll grab it out of his mouth, put it on the thing, and then put it back and talk. And so for that, like, I am so lucky just to have my fingers and my hands. Because you don't realize, even when I was broken and in a wheelchair, just to be able to use my hands just for the things like grabbing your phone or doing anything you do with your hands. Let me ask you this. This I'm I'm thinking about adding this as a checklist item. I don't know how kosher this is or if it's taboo or not, but... I like being around you because it helps me remember how good I've got it. And I, I hope that doesn't sound bad. That no, means that I, no. I use you as motivation to be like, damn, 
It could be worse. I should, I should, I should take every minute and like, it helps me like, a, I'm just going to say it helps me appreciate what I have. Yeah. Would it be, why are you wearing sunglasses? You're creeping me out, Stevie Ray over here. They were, uh, they were underneath my, my headphones <laughs> and they were bugging. It's, it, looked, it was a nice look. Can I wear your sunglasses? Yeah, you can wear them. Um, okay. Would it, would it be weird for me to encourage listeners to, to surround themselves with people like you or somebody, people with like, go, go hang out at the VA or wherever it is. Find people that, that don't necessarily have it as good as you. And you can, this is going to go two ways. Obviously those people, there's opportunity to like visit with them and, and hang out with them. And, and yeah. you know, if somebody's stuck in the hospital and they're in a wheelchair, you can obviously go comfort and spend time with them. But it's also for selfish reasons because what you're going to gain from that mentally is probably more than you're going to even going to be able to give that person. Is that something, is that a, is that something that we can encourage people to do without making it weird? No, I think it'd be good because at the same time they're going to go and they'll gain strength from a person. And then the same time they're going to help that person and they could be helping that person from a dark spot. Right. Like I've got, I mean, there's so many people that get injured that the first thing, the only thing they can really think of is suicide. It's like, right. I can't deal with this. Like, I'm not going to be able to do this. And then they see people and talk to people and it's like, okay, I can do this. And they slowly start gaining momentum and gaining that confidence. And so I think, I think it's good. And that's, I think that's really why I broke my back is so that I could help people that are going through those dark times. Because like I said, it, I've had times where I've just wanted to off myself. Like I was just like, screw this, but right. I'm not a quitter and I'm not going to, kind of disgrace my family and do that name right. because we've all, I feel that it's just not fair. And, and the thing that people don't realize about even when they get in those dark places and think about suicide is how much it affects everybody else. Right. Like it's such a selfish thing. And you look at how much bad comes from being selfish really. And that's where I'm such a, I, I preach service service because when you're helping other people, you forget about your problems and you f begin to feel so much better about yourself. I feel like that's what you were saying is yeah, what he just I, said. But, I, but I'm trying to find an actual checklist item and I'm going to say it. And guys, if this comes out wrong, please know that my intentions are not like, I think everybody understands what I'm trying to get at. But what I want you to do is go find somebody that you can become friends with. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be like a service project feel, but if you can find um, somebody who has some sort of physical uh, disability, whether they be a quadriplegic, paraplegic, missing, I don't care whatever it is, go spend time with them because it's going to give you a different perspective on life. It's going to help you learn how to overcome obstacles that you may not have been able to see it from their point of view. Yeah. And, and you don't need, they don't even need to be disabled or anything. Like you can go learn from somebody like a homeless person right. and you can learn from what they've done. So many people say that you have to fill the fire to feel that it's hot. Right. And it's like, why, why would you be that dumb? Like you can go learn from people's mistakes by what they've done, take the good and take away the bad and then just progress from there. But you don't have to, it's not necessarily that you have to find somebody that's injured. You just have to just go be a good person, go talk to people yeah. because you can find motivation in any form. I'm going to, I'm going to put it this way then, because I like to be specific enough that people have marching orders. Yeah. Go find a different point of view yeah. and spend some time with that person. Whether like Tanner said, whether it be a homeless person, whether you go to the VA and find, you know, a vet who is injured, whether you go to the children's hospital and find a, a kid who's sick, find somebody who uh, is obviously living a very different life than you 
Go spend some time with them, talk with them, visit with them, befriend them, provide value to them. Don't just go and say, hey, I'm trying to like see what your life is yeah. like. But just 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 go. There's plenty of opportunities. You can call any like rehab or um, hospital or physical um, therapy training place around you and say, do you have opportunities to visit? And they're, you're going to be able to find that. Or go to the, your local homeless shelter. Just put yourself in somebody else's shoes. I guess is the best is, yeah. is what I'm trying to say. And That's do a good it, way. do it, yeah. do it out of your comfort zone. Go spend some time with somebody. And I'm not talking about go visit your sick grandma. You should be doing that anyways. This is something that's above and beyond that. This needs to be something where it's like a little bit of a push. And it's got to be uncomfortable. It's got to be uncomfortable. You have to be uncomfortable to saying. grow. And ultimately, I think what I gather from what you're saying is is that it needs to be an extreme opposite or opposition to something that, you know, you don't understand even maybe like I had a friend that he, he just, he hated the gym people, you know, he couldn't even process going to a, a public place to work out, whatever. And he became really good friends with someone who goes to the gym all the time. He's like, well, if that guy goes, it can't be that bad. And ultimately, you know, forging that relationship helped change his life and he loves the gym, but you know, he had a connotation. It's something he didn't understand. He learned to appreciate, and it's because of the type of people. Are you talking about me and you here? I thought I was talking about my me. buddy Marcus yeah. and Dave. <laughs> uh, no, so. guys, that's. Please understand that what I'm trying to say here. I think everybody's getting the message, and you guys understand it. Um, just go put yourself in somebody else's shoes and experience life from somebody else's perspective, and and not your best friend or your mom or your family, like somebody who's living a completely different life than you and has different obstacles and challenges. Because it's just going to open you up a little bit to realize, like. Wow, I never looked at it like that. There's so many things yeah. that you said to me that I'm like, I really never looked at it like that. Like that's that's such a growing experience that you would have never had otherwise. Yeah, yeah. not just driving your razor with a cane either. <laughs> this doesn't that doesn't <laughs> count. <laughs> no, and and that's where social media is so great as well because you can go onto somebody's page and you can see how how their life is and how different it is than than yours just from what they have to do. And some people are better than others at kind of posting about their, tr- their struggles. Yeah, but I don't want you, I don't want these people to do social media because that's a lazy way out. That is a lazy way, but that that's also a way that you can For see, sure. but unless you're, you physically see it, then you aren't going to be able to tell. No, like watching you on, on, watching you on your page and then knowing you as a person, it's a different experience. Yeah. No, because, it, it's definitely because I, I think people could look at you on your page and be like, Oh, he's just being goofy. He's just like, yeah. like to make fun of himself. But when you meet you and you're like, holy shit, this dude's actually really confident. Yeah. Not only can he laugh at himself, but he's actually okay with laughing at himself. It's a different experience. Yeah. So here's the checklist items, guys. Um, number one, turn your weaknesses into strengths by doing one of two things. Either highlight and showcase those weaknesses and, and have fun with them and own them, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Or work on physically changing them. If it's something that you can actually change, if it's something that you feel like, you know, it may be difficult, like learning how to walk again, that's not easy, but you're doing it. Tanner's doing it. There's no reason you can't go. You know, I keep on using acne as an example. I don't know why, but if you've got acne, I know that it's in your skin, it's your oil, whatever. There's ways that you can actually just go do everything in your power to fix that. And uh, maybe you'll have it for the rest of your life, or maybe you'll find that one thing that your body was like, "Oh yeah, we just needed to do that," and bam, all of a sudden your skin's better. That's just that's a that's just a you know example. There's a million different things. You know what your weaknesses are. Just pay attention to them and figure out: a Are you going to own it, or b Can you change it? Um, number two is um, the put yourself in someone else's shoes. Uh, go out and find an opportunity to spend time with somebody whose lifestyle is drastically different than yours. My, you know, an example I used is 
Tanner is a paraplegic. I'm going to spend time with him because I want to see what life looks like for him. And obviously because we're friends and I want to be able to provide value for him. Don't just go and try to like, Oh, I'm trying to do a, a learning lesson. Service project. Yeah, it's, a, it's not know. a service. This is not a service project. This is an opportunity to build a friendship. Um, you can do some service with it, whether you go visit, you know, um, some of these old, like I'm t- like the old Vietnam vets, some of these guys that are like stuck in the VA or whatever. They'd love a visit. They just want somebody to talk to. Find an opportunity to go do that and uh, really open your mind up to what their life looks like. Ask them the hard questions and get to know them and figure out you know, what their struggles are and what they've done to overcome their struggles. Because guys, I'm telling you, there's like a gold mine in every single one of these people who has like a big challenge or a big struggle. Like there's a lot of things in there that you can learn that you may not see on the surface. Um, number three is one that I'm going to tell you guys that I haven't talked about yet. Um, on my phone, I have this app. It's called Peak. Again, this is not like a paid advertisement that I don't have any sort of deal with these people. I don't even know who made the app. But Peak is a really cool app because we've been talking about mental toughness. Everybody knows how to get physically stronger. Go to the gym, like eat right. Like that's We hit that a lot and we'll continue to hit that a lot through the podcast. But one thing that's hard is mental fitness. Like how do you work out your brain? How do you train yourself to like when Tanner wakes up at you know in the morning and it's hard for him to get out of bed and to just say, nope, go put yourself in gear. And that's a, that's a mental thing first. So this peak app, um, has all these games on it that are basically like brain workouts. Um, they've got this one. If I look at it right now, um, they've got one for, they've got a ton of different games, but some of the categories there's problem solving, there's, uh, improving your memory, there's mental agility, there's language. Um, again, memory, another one, but there's like, like nine or 10 different categories of brain power that you can actually work on. So as you do this, you click on a game and it goes in there and you have to solve a puzzle. The next one you have to like match flashcards kind of, but it's like very sophisticated and for adults. Do they have a Riddler one? Like they've got riddles. Oh dude, they've got riddles. They've got a, a face switch game, like where you go in, dude, I'm telling you, this is such a good exercise and if you did it, um, just start by doing it like 10 minutes every morning. You can download the app. It's free. There's a free version and a paid version. I think the free version just has ads that you have to work around. But dude, it is so freaking powerful when you start doing this. So in the morning, back when you normally would wake up and grab your phone and start you know, social mediaing, do this instead. If you're sitting down at breakfast and you're the type of person that needs to have your phone for some sort of entertainment, it's okay to pull this out and give yourself a little brain workout. So download the Peak app and start doing these workouts mentally and it'll change your day. When you wake up and solve like three or four problems, dude, you're off to a way better start than if you just woke up and, and went and liked 10 pictures on social media. So it's pretty cool. Are you having a, what's going on over there? Oh, dude, I hear some noise. I'm like, is it coming through the headphones or is it coming through the speakers? But I think someone's hanging out upstairs and oh, changing gotcha. Gotcha. the vacuum, I think. Um, so that's all I have for Wait, my checklist items. I got one. Go ahead, it was something that Tanner said uh, when he was talking about doctors being like good. You know what I mean? Obviously, I've had some wrecks, and my foot, when I wrecked on my foot, uh, they said that the doctor who was in the emergency room that day uh, who put my foot back together, they're, they're basically saying he was the only person that could have done that, and that there had been no other doctors that would have attempted it. And so for me, I've always been like really grateful to that guy, but I've never been able to like tell him, you know what I mean? And so I've been thinking about this a lot lately, is uh, writing thank you notes, like the people who've done special things. It doesn't have to be a doctor. It doesn't have to be anything. But you know, for me, someone actually wrote me a thank you note one time and I read that and it, w- it was so impactful and I felt so good about it. I'm like, man, it would be important for me 
to find some things that are important that people have done for me and let them know that I'm grateful because they may not even know it. But my, my goal is I want to find that doctor and uh, write him a thank you note, a hand note, so he knows that I'm grateful that I'm still walking and there's relatively little pain in my foot and that I'm thankful for that. So checklist item it. would be finding a couple people who you, maybe they don't know that you're grateful for them, but writing them a handwritten thank you note. Yeah, I love it. Write yeah. three thank you notes between now and when the next podcast comes out. That's a that's a very specific goal and target you can hit. and. They can be simple. Yeah. It can be some like very simple. In fact, sometimes the simplest things are the best things because when somebody realizes that you took the time to say thank you for something simple, that changes the way that they view you. And it also could start a ripple effect where they're going to maybe go do a, an act of kindness. And anytime you could start those like ripples. Yeah. Yep. Gratitude is one of the most powerful emotions, yeah. powerful feelings, the attitude of gratitude. Yep. Uh, Tanner, is there anything that you would add as far as like, obviously the purpose of the podcast is to give people very specific things that they can do. Like you said, life has done very small moves at a time. We don't like these big, like set goals and be successful. That's yeah. bullshit. We want to give people like specific things that they can implement do today. Yeah, yeah. Today, tomorrow, whatever. I think it'd be find the humor in life and enjoy the small things. How do you do that though? Give me an example. Things things that usually bring you down or that you get mad about, laugh at them, and you'll see how that'll start I, I, that's changing actually, that's your, actually really your mind. I, I've done that. <laughs> there is my. Uh, I was asked why, like I I never seem angry, like I never get angry, and I don't. I have times where I will get road rage, like everybody, but anger doesn't do you any good. If you get angry, all you're doing is you're basically destroying yourself and you're giving all your energy away to that person or that thing that's making you angry right. and nothing good ever comes from anger. And so you're better off just to kind of laugh it off and just find the humor in it. And you will actually grow from that because now you've just taken that power that you were going to give to that. And you've basically replanted it. it into yourself. I love that. I learned that a couple of years ago. I don't think I even like knew what I was doing. I'll give you a good example. I uh, was working on my razor I think this was a few <laughs> years ago. And you know when you are you got your hands in like the engine compartment and mm. you're reaching in and you're tightening that bolt that's blind and you can't see where you're going and you're like on your 15th try and you think you got it and you got it and you start tightening it and then the head of the bolt breaks off? Yep. I literally remember very vividly an experience where that happened to me and I was so frustrated where I, I like, I, I've never been one to have much of a temper, but I got up and I was like, dude, I had my socket and I was going to throw it across the, the, the shop and just lose my shit. Instead... I got up, looked at it, and I just started laughing. Dude, I started laughing like almost hysterically. And it was such a freaking great experience. I mean, it still sucked, yeah. but I was able to get in and find a solution and get the problem solved and whatever. And, and it was like no big deal. I went on with my life. So I've learned how to do that in any kind of circumstance where like, it's almost like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like when something happens, like, of course that would happen. Yeah. And that's, and that's how you have to look at it is it's like, it's going to happen. And if it does rather than, because if you get pissed and you punch a hole in the wall, now you've got a hole in the wall that you got to fix. Right. And so you've just created that much more. And that's going to remind you of it because you're going to see it. And then the paint could not match. And there's so many things that can go wrong from anger rather than just being like, oh, gosh, damn it. And you just kind of <laughs> laugh. Yeah. You laugh at all. Laughter right there. Dude, I'm telling you, it's powerful. It I, is. I love that actually. And that's guys, don't think that that's some big broad statement. Like, oh, you know, you, so you, when you walk in someone's house and they've got stickers on their wall and it's like, live, laugh, love. Like yeah. it, it, it's not this big, broad, overreaching statement. It's legitimately 
find something when it pisses you off instead of being pissed. Yeah. Laugh. You can just laugh. You're going to feel like a crazy person. You're going to feel like a crazy person, but it's okay. And it, it is, it's so good for your mind too. Cause as soon as you can start laughing at yourself, like we were saying earlier, it kind of takes away what people can laugh at you about. And then you've kind of gained that power over them. So people are no longer going to take your energy away and make you hate and resent them. And now they're kind of powerless in your mind. And now you've got all the strength and you're just, you just become a better person. Dude, I love it. And it's not draining your battery. No, not right. I mean, you mentioned right after you solved the problem. I mean, if you were, if you, you know, stayed pissed off, you probably wouldn't have solved. Oh, I would have gone. My, my, my thought in that moment, I remember it very clearly. (laughs) I wanted to throw my tool, break something, storm out of the shop and go home and not deal with it until the next day. And then I would have not been able to sleep, sleep. I would have taken it home and like probably taken some of that frustration out in an argument with my wife or whatever it was. Instead, I'm telling you guys, there's a lot of power in just laughing and, and, and it's okay to feel like a crazy person at first. And you probably went home, <laughs> you went home and you, your wife and you're just talking to her. And I mean, it probably turned out to be a great night all because of one choice. And yep. that's, and it, it, it all comes down to the choice. Yep. I mean, it, everything's a choice, dude. It is. A you're choice. never forced. You're not forced to be paralyzed. No. You, you're choosing yeah. to, to not yeah. be paralyzed. Yeah, I mean, it, it was placed upon me, and it was my choice whether I sit there and wallow in self-pity or I get up and live life to the fullest and right. live it how I want. And I want to be sensitive to people who are listening. Maybe there is a quadriplegic listening to this, and he's like, no, dude, I was forced to be paralyzed. Circumstances happen, yeah, and there's nothing you can do about not being able to move your hands and legs if there's a huge like disconnection in your, in your um, nerves or whatever it is. But there's always, like, your wins are going to look differently than mine are, but you can still have your own version of progress. Just because it's not what your neighbors looks like doesn't mean that it's not progress. Yeah. You, you just have, you find different things. Like me, I always wanted to race motorcycles, but now I can't. And so I've kind of adapted, overcame and moved on to something else. You go ride snowmobiles. I just yeah, saw a video you ride riding the other day. I can do whatever. And, and my buddy, that Brad, who I was talking about, he, he can't swim. He can't do what he's loved to do. Like he just physically cannot move his arms to do it, but he's now trained himself to hold his breath for four minutes. And now he's trying to free dive to where he can go <laughs> like, in, cause he can't scuba dive for medical reasons, but he can now go kind of snorkeling and his buddies are just going to kind of pull him down and go around the corals. And I mean, so he's found a new way to approach something and he's overcoming it. And so, I mean, in reality, our problems are always, you can always kind of, either fix them or learn a lesson in which way will guide you down another you path. You can just learn how to let, to, to make them not have as much power over you. Yeah. Um, dude, I actually, I'm thinking about this. I'm going to have you come speak at our next heavy Academy just cause I would love to see you waddle up on stage and get up there and, and show people like, this just is me. Fall, I right fall. Yeah. I put on a foot on a show, whatever it is. No, if you're, in fact, if you guys come to the next heavy Academy, I'm going to think we're going to try to have Tanner there because, uh, everything that you're talking about, like it, it's so much more real when you actually see yeah. you trying to stand up and walk and move. Like then, then you're like, damn, if he can force himself to do that, I can get to the gym. I can make this change or I can make, I can break this bad habit. It's, it's pretty powerful stuff. Speaking of the heavy Academy, we have another one coming up soon. Um, May 3rd and 4th. <laughs> yeah. Marcus is ready. I'm stoked, man. I was, dude, I was I'm so thrilled stoked. with the last one. 
It was it, it, it was, was awesome, perfect. dude. It was a ten out of ten. It was perfect. Yeah. Uh, hoping the next one goes as smooth. We'll see. Tickets will be on sale soon or registration. Um, the pricing is going to be way different than before. It's going to we've opened it up to make it a little more affordable for everybody. So what's going to happen is there's going to be first time. I might as well explain it right now while we're in this. Um, the Heavy Academy is designed to be basically different levels. All right. So if everybody who came to the first Academy. You're, you just finished the 1.0 version of the academy. Basically, you finished your first grade, okay? Uh, now, those same people are going to come back, and you're going to go through second grade. And so there will be an opportunity for you to be in the same room with version 1.0 people, first graders that are going to come in. But there's also going to be breakout rooms where you're going to expand and continue your knowledge and training of what we learned at the last one. Because what we found is that two days is not enough to be able to teach people. It's just, it's, it's not, that's why school, you know, has 12 grades for, you know, K through 12 or whatever, 13 grades. Um, so we've designed this program so that every time you come back, you're getting more information, more training, more hands-on experience, and you're going to be broken away from these groups, um, where, you know, the, the first graders, the people that are coming in for the first time are going to get some of the basic business advice and knowledge and whatever. And then they can come back to the next one. They'll be, you know, and be able to advance that way. I'm telling you, it is going to be like everybody who came to the first one has already said they're coming back to the second one. Like it's just, they're, they're coming back as 2.0 uh, customers and it's going to be awesome. So we're going to invite everybody to come. Um, obviously returning customers, returning Academy guests, and then also new people who are looking to what the Academy is going to teach you is how to kick ass in business. We're going to teach a lot about how to kick ass in your own personal life. We're going to add that kind of personal wellness side of it as well. Um, and then we're also going to teach you as business owners how to like specifically start making more money. And that's where like the 2.0 and 3.0 starts coming in where you're actually going to, we're going to be sitting down with you, looking at your business saying, all right, Hey, you're running this ad or you're doing this. Let's change this and do it this way. Make more money. Everybody that I've talked to that came to the first heavy Academy is already making more money by implementing this, the couple things they learned down there at the first one. So, uh, you can get tickets at heavydsparks.com. Um, I believe also the heavy Academy. We're going back to Vegas. I'm going back to Vegas, Vegas, going back Let's to Vegas. It. And it's because, uh, we're going to do it all across, all across the country. At some point, we're going to try to set these up in, you know, Florida and Texas. Who doesn't want to go to Vegas, man. That's the thing. Vegas is such a hot spot. And especially that time of year, it's the weather's getting, it's not too hot yet. It's just, it's going to happen in Vegas. And that's where, uh, we hope to see everybody on May 3rd and 4th, get your tickets at heavydsparks.com. They're not live yet. So don't try to go there right now, but within the next I think tomorrow. So by the time this podcast is up, I think the ticket sales should actually be live. So hope to see everybody there. And uh, Tanner, thanks for coming, dude. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. It's yeah, been now, great. Now he gets to limp his way out of now here. He gets and, a stretch. Uh, yeah, we will. Uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you.